So today, we are going to talk about prayer and how to connect to God, the source of life. So uh, in this talk, I'm, I'm, I'm going to really uh, start by looking at a verse, which is in Jude uh, 20, verse 20 to 21. And we're carrying on this area about practicing the presence of God. That's what we're looking at different topics. And that's what I'm doing today. So looking at prayer. But you, dear friends, carefully build yourself up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our master, Jesus Christ. This is the unending life, the real life. Other versions Amen. are talking about keeping ourselves at the center of God's love, waiting for the mercy of God. But I love this message version here, which has this picture of we stay right of it at the center of his love, keeping our arms open. It talks very much to me about an attitude with God. I love that. And if we could summarize in one point, what is prayer? Because that's a big topic, right? I think right away, prayer, prayer is a mean of grace to us. It's a mean of grace to us that God uses to keep us in his love. That's what prayer is. Prayer means that this, we have this attitude, we stay in his love, we keep connected to the source of life. That's what it is. It's like God is life and prayer is the way we're breathing life. Yeah? So we need life. We need the life of our creator, of our father. And prayer is like us breathing, breathing in his love, keeping digging in God's life. That's what prayer is, a grace of means to us. And as we are doing that, we're experiencing, we're enjoying his love. That's what prayer is. Now, you notice something in this verb which is really interesting. It says, prayer, or praying in the Holy Spirit. You see at the beginning there? Carefully build yourself up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And that's the second point, I think, which is really important. Prayer is always with Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will motivate you. It will enable you. It will energize you in your prayer. So Holy Spirit is your helper in this. In the same way that we we talked uh, a little while ago about worshipping in spirit and truth. Prayer is always in the spirit as well. Okay, and we're going to dig a little bit about what, what it means. Paul says in Ephesians 6 verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times with every kind of prayers. Every kind of prayers and petition. Okay, and this actually, this verse is right in the middle of this famous chapter that you all know about the armor of God. Okay, and do you know what? The armor of God thing is not a mystical ritual in which you say, okay, I've got to think about my blood, I need to think about my soul. No, it's not mystical. It's an analogy where Paul says, well, if you look at the Christian, Christians are like soldiers. They have tools to protect, to engage and fight, to, you know. So 
it says, look, there's all sorts of tools you can use in your Christian life to be victorious. And actually, one of them is to pray in the Spirit at all times. Another one is to dig into God's Word, because God's Word will allow you to renew your mind. Okay, so it's like a sword that would help you to discern between truth and not uh, what is not truth. And the element of salvation, you know your identity, you know you are saved, you are in him, etc., etc. Yes? So one of the tools that God has given us, a mean of grace to us, is learning what does it mean to pray in the spirit at all time. Because really, when you hear at all time, you're thinking, Rachel, you're barking mad. How do you do that? But that's because it's in the spirit. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't say, okay, now, today, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray at all time. And you can't. It has to be by the spirit. So we're going to unpack that. What does it mean to pray at all time? But the last point I want to make, to make before I, I, I go on, on to this thing is that prayer is very powerful. And I don't have time here to look at the Bible and tell you all the, the cases in the Bible that, where people prayed and something happened. And I don't have time to ask all the testimony around the room, you know, every time you pray, something happens. But prayer is powerful, right? Are you convinced of that? And actually, if you read really well John 15 and 16, which is one of my favorite two chapters in the Bible, but I invite you again and again to read that, you will see that it's very clear to me that when we have our right identity in God and intimacy with God, God answers our prayer. Because when you read through this chapter, you understand, say, wow, I'm abiding in him. I love him. So because I love him, I follow his commandments. Because I follow his commandments, I get to know him. And as I know him, the verse after these two chapters of explaining that comes, it says, yes, because you know the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Can you see so the more we are connected to him, the more we know who we are in Christ, and we are learning that by the Spirit, the more we will get fruit as well in our prayer life. Can you see the dynamic there? Yeah? Okay, so let's unpack it a little bit. Okay, prayer can take many, many forms. But unfortunately, very often as Christians, we have reduced it to one or two forms. Okay? And I want to address a couple of wrong perceptions about prayer. And one of the first wrong perceptions about prayer is prayer is only petition and intercession. Like prayer is, I'm asking God. I'm asking God for things because I need things. And I'm asking God for things for others, which is intercession, uh, because I need things. Okay? Prayer is not just petition and interception. Uh, interception. Intercession. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Don't know where I went there, but I went. So anyway, first right belief to have about prayer is that there is many, many forms of prayer, but they are all in the spirit. So praying in the spirit is just not one type of prayer, is the way we pray. So we're going to look at the many types of prayer. Listen, before I flick my chart, I'm going to tell you, often I felt accused by the enemy who, st- who came and told me, ah, oh, you're rubbish at prayer. Often I've, I've felt this accusation, you know, oh, look at you, you're, you're not good at prayer, blah, 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 blah. 
And for years, I was battling by that. I said, oh, prayer is really not my thing. Uh, you know. Uh, and suddenly I realized, hold on, this is not true. What it is, is I'm good at certain types of prayer. And I'm not so good at some other types of prayer. So I need grace from God to develop the aspect in which I'm not good at. Simple. So don't fall for the lies of the enemy who comes and accuses you, but try to engage with them. What it is is about connecting to the source of life. And there's many ways to do that. So let me flick. Ding. Okay, on the left, all types of prayers. Okay, I've researched them briefly, and I'm going to go through, whisk through, right? <laughs> but the first one, which is my favorite, because I think that's the one which is the most important and encompasses all of the other types of prayer, is communion with God. That means all day we realize he's there and we have this continuous dialogue with him. Okay? And learning to be in his presence and resting as we are doing our day. You know, uh, Pete Carter has got an, interest way, an interesting way of doing that. He says that he's learned to speak in tongues in the back of his mind. So even when he's doing everything, he can still in his mind. He just prays in tongues and he, he feels that he's aware that God is with him, the Spirit is with him. And I think that's a wonderful way to develop, to be aware that God is there. One of my favorite, favorite um, um, role model, if you want, on practicing the presence of God is a 17th century French monk named Brother Lawrence. Have you ever heard of Brother Lawrence? Yes? You can buy the book. It's brilliant. This Brother Lawrence was quite coming from quite a poor background and became a monk. And in the monastery, he learned to do everything to the glory of God. And seriously, this guy, all his life, all, all he did is he prepared meal. That was his responsibility to cook. And later on, he graduated and repaired sandals. Okay, That's all he did all his life. This guy enjoyed the presence of God so much, developed such a level of peace and wisdom that people would travel to have a conversation with Brother Lawrence. People, like estimate people, like counselor of the king, would write letter to Brother Lawrence to say, I don't know what to do, what do you think? They would ask his counsel, and there's this famous quote for him. There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continuum conversation with God. This guy just learned to be constantly in the presence of God. And I think we, we need to inspire that. That's the all the time, Yes. Gently, all time. Now there's many ways we could do that. There's adoration. Say, God, I'm so in awe of who you are. That's a kind of prayer. Okay? I mean, so we know. Uh, there's praise. We can boast about what he has done. We can talk about, you know, how amazing the things he has done in the past for us, the things he's doing. We can praise him. We can give him thanks, thanksgiving. It's another form of prayer that you counting your blessing, that you get up in the morning and you're so thankful for what he's given you. 
And then the two maybe more famous way of praying, which is petition. That means we look up to him and we acknowledge we have needs and we acknowledge we need his help. And we do that for us and we do that for others, which is really intercession, which is another type of prayer. But you know what? Repentance and contrition is a type of prayer. It's like, oh, wow. I realize, God, that what I'm doing there is quite wrong. I am so sorry. Come and let me. I want to change. I want to have the right perspective on that's prayer. You're engaging in this conversation with God to say, I no longer want to do that. Come and change me. Come and touch me. This is prayer. Repentance is prayer. Uh, forgiving others as He forgave you, that's prayer. That say, God, I'm going to look after my mind and I'm not going to let any unforgiveness and bitterness come and, and put these lies and making me prisoner. Just come and help me to forgive others by your grace, by your spirit. Let me forgive others as you forgave me. Uh, praying against the attack of the enemy and stand up to this attack. That's a kind of prayer to stand on the truth and say, no, I am not going to have that because this is not of you, God. This is a kind of prayer. Um, And we have prayer of agreement. So that means when we are all together, we are uniting and praying for stuff. That's a kind of prayer as well. And obviously praying for his will to be done in general, you know, in our communities, in our family. That's another kind of prayer. Well, surprise, surprise. That sounds a lot like the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Okay? That sounds very much like the prayer Jesus taught to us. So we're going to read this prayer out loud together. So I'm sure you're awake. <laughs> right? Okay, let's pray. Let's just pray it out. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we also have forgiven our debtor. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. Can you see in the prayer, you have there all the aspects of the left column in different ways. So you have this adoration, this awe. Of God, Father, hallowed be your name. I'm magnifying you, Jesus. I'm magnifying you, Father. Yeah? So that's the aspect I'm connecting with the Father with all adoration, thanksgiving. Ask for his will and his kingdom to, to come. That's another aspect in his prayer. Ask for all our needs, our daily bread. That's all our needs. So you have the petition there. Asking for forgiveness and forgiving others is there in the prayer. Asking for protection and victory against the enemy. You see? So prayer is not just I'm asking for something. It's wide, but it has to be by the Spirit in us. And of course, Prayer can be expressed in many different ways. It could be vocally, it could be quiet, it could be I'm writing it down, it could be I'm singing it out. There's many different ways you can engage in, in prayer. So you see, coming back to not uh, feeling accused by the enemy, say, oh, you're not very good at praying, you know. What I personally do is I look at that list and I, and I say, Jesus. Show me which area am I good at and show me which area I need to develop in. 
Okay. I asked the question to myself, am I good to worship, but slow to come and ask for my needs? I'm talking about myself there. So that means, oh, that means I need to learn to be more dependent on you. Yeah? Or I'm asking myself, am I always good to repent for things you're showing me that are wrong in my life? Am I good to forgive? Okay? Or do I know how to use prayer as a weapon against the enemy? When there's attack, do I know? So I, I, I'm looking at that. Jesus, come, help me, partner with me, developing its strength. And how is my awareness, my general awareness of your presence during my day? Is it like, Jesus, thank you, you're good, bye. I'm going to work now. Or is it, no, as I'm going, I'm doing my day, I'm feeding the kids, I'm doing the shopping, the things I don't like, the things I like, my hobbies. Is Jesus there? You know? That's prayer, continuous prayer, all time. Isn't he? Does, does he address some of our wrong conception of prayer? Yeah? Right. The second wrong conception, I think, that we have of prayer is often we think that prayer is about one corporate prayer meeting at church. Okay? And actually, through the years, we had often some people who come to, you, to us and say, do you know, I think this is not really a praying church. Say, so, oh, okay, what do you mean? What do they mean is we don't have a every week prayer meeting on Friday night from 7 to midnight, praying for God for a different situation and banning the enemies. That's what they mean. Okay? But do you know what? We just read the list. Prayer is actually, should be, on every layers of our lives and the church lives. Every, every layers. Because prayer, and that's the right belief, prayer is an attitude, is making space for him. Making space for him. So, it's continuous and it's by his spirit. So we engage in prayer, in worship, when we adore him and ask him to come on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, right or wrong? That's a form of prayer. We engage in worship, uh, in, sorry, we engage in prayer in worship when we declare his goodness and learn to be more aware of his presence. Right? We engage in prayer when we do our declarations. Because when we do our declaration, what we're saying is, God, we believe that you can come and provide for me. God, we believe you can come and transform this community, you know, as it is in heaven. We engage in prayer when we take the communion. Because when we take the communion, we say, God, we need you. We need you to come and forgive us for our sins if we've done something wrong. And Help me to forgive my brothers and my sisters when they do something wrong. So that's a form of prayer. We engage in prayer when we respond to a preach. Because somebody preached something and we convicted and say, God, come, come change me, transform my mind in there. That's a form of prayer. Yes. We engage in prayer when we support each other during the week. I mean, 
How, how many of you sometimes receive a text during the week from a brother and sister and say, I'm not feeling well today, please, would you pray? Put your hand higher. Wave it. Yes. So you receive text and you say, yes, I will pray. And you pray. That's prayer. Okay. That's petition. And yes, we, are, we do not want to underplay and diminish the role of cooperative prayer because it's super important. Prayer meetings are important, okay? So we do have a live group who are, who are doing just that once every two weeks where maybe they're going to focus more on the petition aspect or uh, intercession aspect, praying for specific problem. And yes, there is place for more, more prayer in the church. Like I'm thinking about, uh, do you remember the, this time in the Bible where Paul and Sil- uh, Silas, you said, or Silas, Silas, <laughs> Silas and Paul were thrown into jail and the whole church gather and pray. So there would be time in the church where we, we would gather and pray, you know. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, those guys, they, they, you know, um, I commend them, John and Ekta and all the guys here. You know, they, 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 last week there was um, a funeral in the Nepalese community. The whole Nepalese community with Sisike, we stand with them and the family and we prayed for them and we were there for them. That's the kind of, okay, this is a crisis, we're all going to stand together. That's prayer, yeah? Okay. But ultimately, the right perception of prayer is really that it's making space for God. Making space for God at all time, individually and collectively. Okay? And I love this uh, beautiful quote that uh, Jamie actually gave me. It's a little bit small here, but I'm going to read it out. Um, it says, the discipline of prayer is the intentional concentrated and regular effort to make space for God. Prayer is being unbusy with God instead of being busy with other things. Prayer is primarily to do nothing useful or productive in the presence of God. I'm sure Fiola would agree with Coffee with Jesus. (laughs) To not be useful is to remind myself that if anything important or fruitful happens for prayer, it is God who achieved the reason. So when I go into the day, I go with a conviction that God is the one who brings forth fruit in my work and I do not have to act as though I am in control of things. I have to work hard. I have to do my task. I have to offer my best. But I can let go of the illusion of control and be detached from the result. At the end of the day, I can prayerfully say that if something good happen, God be praised. Can you see that? Amen. This is what prayer is. Amen. I'm letting go of control. Of course I will do my bits. Uh, we're not talking about twiddling our form there. We're talking about an attitude of heart which is in rest. Which is lean on God. Which knows that he is the one who brings the fruit. That we are not muttering things by our will. But we say, God, come. God, come. Do. Break through. Yeah? It's making space for God. It's acknowledging Him in every ways. That's what prayer is. It's an attitude of the heart. 
And it's for all of us to, de- to, to develop, not just, oh, that's prayer meeting time. No, all of us developing what it means to pray at all time in the spirit. Right. Ready for my wrong perception number three? <laughs> my wrong perception number three is that often we think that prayer is about twisting God's heart. Twisting God's arms. So he would do something. Okay? And that's not praying in the spirit. So this last point really is going to address for you how to do it. How to pray in the spirit. You see, no job is not to twist God's arms so he would do something. Our job, if we have one, it's not our job. It's actually to connect with him. To learn to partner with him. Okay? Okay, so prayer is about to it's about to learn to partner with the Father. That's what it is. It's I'm a son and I'm learning to partner with my father. I am not there to twist his arms. Because you know what? I'm starting for the position of favor. He just loves me. He loves to bless me. I'm starting my prayer walk by knowing that, acknowledging I am a son, I am a daughter, I have favor. Okay? So praying in the spirit, that's what it means. Is I'm a, you know, Oh, you know this, this verse very well on Romans 8, I think it's verse 16, which says that, the Holy Spirit testified in our spirit that we can cry about Father. Yes, you know this verse in Roman. So praying in the Spirit is that, is I know, is my Father. Holy Spirit is testifying in me that I have favor. He is here. Okay? He wants my good. And you know, you, even in this chapter, he says that everything is for good for those who love him. All right? So you could see, you could, everything just goes together right so praying in the spirit is starting from that position god is for me he's my father he loves me you see the more disconnected from god you are the more you are functioning as an orphan and the more you would think that or the more your prayer life will look like you want to twist his arms because you will act as an orphan and often don't know their father and they don't understand that he's very good. So they beg, they beg, say, Father, please, come on, do something. Yeah. But the more you know your father, the more you function as a son. And then prayer life looks like partnering with him. It's totally, totally different. So that's why I did this little um, table for you. Just to summarize it. So you see when uh, you're an orphan, you beg. You say, oh, you know, and you're a bit of a servant as well. You, you don't know what it is to be a son. You don't think you have any f- uh, uh, favor. So you beg father to do something. And often the characteristic of orphans is we are fearful. We think that we could easily fall outside of his will. 
And we as well have this thing of we wait for instructions. So I've done it. I've done it many times. I would say, oh, God, what, what do you want me to do next? Jesus, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? What do I do next? What do I do next? Should I, do, should I marry this person? Should I not marry this person? I, you know, in all this question in life, you will, like, be petrified thinking, oh, I don't want to do a mistake. I don't want, you know, because you're fearful to be outside of your, your, this will. You don't have the peace that you are walking with him. So what happened as well is, your prayer life can be reduced to I'm praying only when I'm in a crisis. So when I'm in a crisis, I'm like, help! Well, this is the only thing I can do then, you know? So I'm kind of forced to acknowledge this God at that point, you know? Because I'm not very connected, okay? And I will only pray just for my needs because that's what I often do, you know? But when we start to know Father is good... And we know we are son and daughter. We walk with him. So prayer is more like a dialogue. It's more like a conversation. And he can go like, wow, today I feel a bit bad. Today, actually, I feel really rotten. But Jesus, I need you. But it's real. It's authentic. But it's, it's always there. It's a walk. And we enjoy that journey with him. And what happens as well is then we learn things. We learn that we can take ground with him. <coughs> We can start to believe truth and declare truth. We're taking ground. We're believing he's good and we're trusting him in the process. We learn to develop these things as we're developing our relationship with Father. So what happened is um, we start to, to be good at initiating things as well. I say, yeah, well, do you know what? I'm going to apply for this job and I will see if my father is good. I will get it or I will not get it. But I've got complete peace. We're not so scared because we know God is good. And, he, he, you know, we be, we can, we can make decisions. Okay? We can make decisions. And we develop dreams with him as well. We're able to dreams, dreams for the kingdom, dreams for ourselves, that our life would be prosperous in every way. Okay? That's... The difference between praying as an orphan and praying as a son and daughter. <laughs> Can you see that? Amen. Can you see that? Yeah? So, now, sometimes we have real needs and we do really need to go to fathers, yes? So, and even when we have, when we have this time where we need to pray for specific things, do you know what? We still learn, need to learn to do it by the Spirit, and as son and daughters. And for me, there's one thing who really helped me in that, and I'm going to talk about it just, just now. That's a how-to. How to pray when you really have needs. Okay? As, as I remind you, that's only one type of prayer. Okay? But how to pray when we really have needs. Really have needs. Okay? One of the things that really helped me is the analogy of the three chairs that... It's not me who, who made that up, all right? It comes from Dona de Silva. <laughs> so it's the analogy of the three chairs. And basically, this is what it is. When you are praying, okay, in which chairs are you going to sit when you are praying? Okay? So because when we pray... and Go petition God. Sometimes um, we are very quick to, to be on the chair 
of fear. So what it is, is we're praying out of emotions of fear. Okay? And we panic because our emotions are raw. Okay? And we go, we go, Jesus, Jesus, I'm really, really, I'm really scared. Yeah? So we pray from that position. Sometimes we pray out of the chair of selfish desire. So we pray because we want things or we have ambitions. Or, yes, so there's, so sometimes we pray in that chair. But we need to learn to pray in the right chair, which is sitting in the heavenly place by the Spirit of God. Okay? So I'm going to explain that a little bit because this really, I use it all the time. Because we all at some point sit on those different seats. But the important thing is to learn to sit in the middle seat more and more. The one who is praying in the right way. Okay? So let me just explain it a little bit. So when we sit in the chair of fear, it's very much the orphan attitude. It's like suddenly I'm becoming really overwhelmed. And we can have this thing, this thought of, God, what is happening? Are you punishing me? You know, something bad happened and, and I pray. And are you punishing me? Okay, that's a wrong perspective of perception of God, or we go, oh, I'm so unworthy, Jesus. You, you know, I'm praying, but I'm not sure you're going to answer my prayer because I messed up so much in the past. So I'm, I'm praying there, but you know, yeah, I'm not sure you're going to answer me because I messed up so much, and maybe you're going to punish me forever. So there's a lot of unworthiness and blame and shame in that seat. I'm praying them, but I'm feeling all these things. Okay? And let me, let me say, when you pray and you're in this seat where you're not sure God is good and there's a lot of fear going on, fear of punishment, fear of what might happen, um, unworthiness, blame and shame, prayer is not very effective. Okay? Um, and then the other thing is praying in the chair of selfish desire. So here, what happened is, you're going to recognize some of those. I'm sure we all do it at some point, right? Um, God, I need to you to do that because I want this. That's what I want. So you're not good if you're not answering that one thing. Okay? So, yeah, yeah, you gave me a job, but that's not the one I wanted. Yeah? No matter if he knows better, you know. <laughs> you just, but, you know, that's, so it's a little bit the chair of being a bit of a brat, you know, or feeling a bit untitled, or being a bit, being a bit immature, 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 and looking at your needs rather than partnering with God, yes? So he goes a little bit like that to say, oh, Jesus, you better come through and help me because otherwise I'm going to look like a fool, have you ever done that prayer? I've done that prayer lots. Yeah? See, so it's not really a prayer like for God's glory, isn't it? It's like, oh, my fear is I'm going to look like a fool. You better come, Jesus. That's, that's so I, look, I would look good. That's, there's a bit of comparison with others in there. There's a, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Did you have that, that one? Um, if you don't do that, Jesus, I'm going to do a tantrum. Well, we do do it sometimes. We say, mm, I'm really enough to not with you, Jesus. You didn't answer that. That's, that's a tantrum. That's a lack of maturity. 
Um, uh, did you say, Jesus, that you are for me? Well, if you say you're for me, you better do it. He owes you, he owes you, right? That's what you're thinking there. So Jesus hold me in one. <laughs> well, that's really weird, but we all do it, do we? Uh, another one is like, so and so got a holiday, I heard, and so and so got their car paid. But what about me, Jesus? <laughs> so actually, Jesus is too good to fuel, I think. Uh, uh, what about me, Jesus? <laughs> Right? That's another one who is prayer from selfish, you know, motivation that is not really, really good. Okay? <laughs> or another prayer say, Jesus, if you do that, I will serve you forever. <laughs> we all done these funny prayers. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, we laugh, but, you know, it's not praying. In the right, it's not praying in the heavenly seat. It's not praying sitting in the seat by the Spirit of God. That seat is Jesus, I trust you. I know you're for me. I know you will provide for me. And yes, I would like a new car. Jesus, if it's your will, please, you know, shower your blessing on me. That's the way, yes? And it's a Jesus, your will be done. You know, I know you love me, and actually your perfect love will cast out fear. Okay? And I can dream, and I can dream big, because you are a God who is amazing. But my love for you is not going to depend on my, if my prayer are answered or not. Can you see the difference? I will love you anyway. I will love you anyway. And help me to pray in the right way, Jesus. Yeah, help me to ask the thing that please your heart. Okay, and we could go back to John 16, you know, so I will know you, and whatever I ask, you will answer Jesus because you know me and you know you can trust me with things. Okay, uh, you know, let me say, I honestly have found myself in all of these seats. Okay, so because we are human. So don't feel condemned if you recognize yourself in every seat because I recognize myself. But this is what I do. Uh, and believe me, I have found myself recently very much in the, in the, in the chair of fear. Okay? And thinking, whoa, 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 whoa what's going to happen there? And really, really saying, and I could feel my emotion crippled with fear. Okay? Do you know what you do in that case? You cry out to God. And before you pray and you bring your petition, you authentic and you tell him. That's the only thing you can do. You say, God, I am scared right now. God, you know, whatever emotion you have, I'm cheesed off right now. I don't, you come and you ask him to touch your heart first. Okay. You ask him to reveal his love because perfect love casts out fears. And then you could see your all Emotion shift out progressively towards the middle seat where you suddenly can pray the right thing. And actually, suddenly, you know, you can even prophesy to your own self because he will give you verse and you will start to encourage your heart because say, no, 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 you have said that and I'm going to stand on the truth. And the whole shift happen. Okay. And if you find yourself in the right chair seats there, okay, 
But do you know what's going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen if you pray in the right <laughs> chair? Nothing. <laughs> God will say, do you know what? Nothing is no. Or maybe nothing is wait. <laughs> or maybe nothing is, I don't think I can trust you with that. You're not ready. Okay, so in this case, if nothing happened, you say, God, I'm going to leave it into your hand. But I still believe I've still got to. You say, Jesus, I'm, I'm disappointed. Nothing is happening. You can tell him still. Be honest and authentic. I'm really disappointed about that. But let him minister to you. Let his spirit to minister to you. So you would fall back again in the right seat. And God will show you how you need to change. You know, and you might have to repent. That would be your first prayer. Say, oh God, I'm so foolish. I'm so selfish. Yes. Can you see how prayer works? 